<laughs> so you see the little spike right there? Yeah, that was actually that was really perfect. It's on yours there too. All right, we're here, Bumblefucks episode fourteen. Probably a little echo because my room's a little echoey, but still, we have our second guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself, sir? What's up? I'm Caleb Winstrup. Nice to be here. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, Jesse. Hi. <laughs> How are you? You met our lovely second guest today. You kind of brought him in here, and I, you know, I, I feel like this, this is this is great because. Uh, <laughs> You know, you know him more than I do. So, yeah. Caleb, we, uh, yeah, we started basically the theater around the same time. Uh, we were in the same classes yeah. to start with, with Deb, right? Deb was our first class. We were part, it was like our uh, side class of um, world theater, what, intro to theater. So Deb. Well, I, was it? <laughs> Was that yeah, what? that was like our first oh, actual class. Oh, dude, we I'm had totally together. thinking Deborah Hale. I'm thinking voice teacher. Oh no, for, no, I know you, dude. Deb I love Deb. The cheese, oh my god, and the, the crackers, yes. and the tangerine. Yes, <laughs> dude, Deb was so awesome. <laughs> yes, I just do like just speeches and like like in front of people, like right in front of like me to you and yeah. like two feet, just to give a speech. You know, like, Simone was there. <laughs> Simone Duckett. <laughs> like, good times oh man i don't, I don't. but yeah so yeah, that's where we hit it off that was like two years ago dude you were the i you were like the first guy that i like sat next to oh and, wow and well because you walk in and i don't know how many people were in that class but it was basically you know the williams building uh, yeah i do right yeah, yeah. so that that little theater and what is it the augusta Conradi theater mm-hmm. um and it holds i know this because i give tours but um <laughs> like a hundred and Fifty no, two hundred seats. No, um, yeah, two hundred seats in total. So you go in there, and it's just like, sure, I may know some people, yeah. but dude, you know, I, Jesse was just—he was just chilling, and I was like, "What's up, man?" Yeah, I can't remember, <laughs> like, was the was the first time I met you, like officially. Oh man, we at were the talking. bar, I think. <laughs> I think like we were think, actually oh, I, met. I yeah, because I, I think I. We mean. I saw you before, but then like I met you at the bar and I was like, wait, you work at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. We were, well, we were in uh, Dale's class together first. And, um, so I remember you had the hat, the same hat you're wearing right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wu-Tang. <laughs> um, yeah, we had Dale's class. That was our first, which first class. class? Which we didn't, we didn't really talk. You which, just kind of, you just kind of sat in the corner. Oh man. Was I that kid? Yeah. <laughs> Every time you had to present, you're like, "Yeah, this is fine." You don't seem like that kid. I, 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 I don't even remember what, like, what class. Samuel was in front of me, just always falling asleep, just always not. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I, I, because, because, like, I, I fucking how I knew Samuel sort of was that, like, I would he attendance would be passed around, and I would always slide his attendance underneath, like his his like arm and his head. <laughs> you remember that? Yes. And he would get so angry. It was so fucking funny. It would be like, I'd be like, "Hey, man." He was already asleep. He's already asleep. And, 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 then, and then he'd be like, all right, man, just don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean, don't do that? Um, so we got a, attendance. He's like, okay, I, I understand I'm sleeping, but just, just don't do that. He was so aggressive. Was, I, everyone thought he was like an asshole because of how aggressive he was. Mm. Um, how long ago was this? Oh, God, this is like around the start. So it's probably like two years ago. Two years ago. I would say two mm-hmm. years ago. Um, yeah, and then I met him at Brass Tap. I saw him at Brass Tap, and I went there one day. I don't remember what he was working. 
yeah, yeah. he's working. Yeah, he's working. And, and I've been there for a while. Since I moved here, since I really started school, mm-hmm. I went around and yeah, they hired me. Please tell me it was a bad choice. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Surprised they got me. Um, yeah, no. Um, and then, but you started working with the school when? Like, how far along were you in school? You started working. Oh, oh. Um, well, work study started immediately for me because of like financial positions going in and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was able to because I'm getting. Um, or bright futures is one thing, but I'm getting like the the normal, like Pell grants, Pell oh, yeah, grants yeah, or whatever that, that you would get, like based off of, like so. I get I get, I don't know if it's the highest tier, but because of, you know, money, there I'm getting like upwards of like six thousand a year as far as like a grant is concerned. I but I, yeah. because I qualify for that, I qualify for work study as well. Okay. And I, you know, other, there's many reasons why someone would qualify for work study, yeah. you know, demographics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as me, it came to financials. Um, and you know, it was just because I was in, I was already involved with the college of fine arts cause I'm yeah. in the BFA program. So they were just like, uh, yeah, we're going to, have actually I was late doing it not gonna lie so I started like halfway into my first first fall semester my freshman year and I started I worked in the Dagan the Dagan the Dagan man that seems like such an awesome job working in that room not a lot of people yeah yeah came in there right no no (laughs) (laughs) all right and it seems like the lighting was so nice yeah you know it was very chill it's like a little museum spot right like the little the art area yeah, so you're, you're, you're familiar with the the fab, right? Like yeah, the building. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, it's just a little art place. I'm like, it's right before the Fallon, right? Am I wrong? It's vegan. No, yeah, no. yeah. So, so you walk in the glass double doors of um the fab. Yeah, and, you know, and to the right is the Richard G. Fallon Theater and the whole big lobby. To the left, you've got these steps going up to. You know, it's a hallway. Yeah. But then right there, those doors. It's like you have the office of the dean. Yeah. And okay, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So you go down that. You go up those steps, down that hallway, and then the first right you can make down a different hallway. Just follow that down. Go mm. all the way down. And you basically run into it. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. it's right before. Remember Dale's class where? He, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's right. It's, it's right like to the left. Right before we got to. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's kind of hidden. It's on a little small. It really is. Yeah. It's hidden. Yeah. yeah. Is it the one where all the teachers are kind of like walking in and out, but they're all like. Yes, there's a door door. right next to it where there's just they basically have meetings there. So you have all the heads of the programs going Mm. in there. You know, I will say that sometimes I've heard (laughs) they have meetings, but they have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) They laugh pretty loud sometimes. I I, I can imagine. At least they did. I haven't worked there. Yeah, they don't laugh anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that one of the things we talked about too when we first met? Like the teachers like don't laugh or some shit like that. We're really stiff. I remember, I remember we had a conversation once. I don't know if this is in Dale's class or like uh, uh, that fucking costume designer. But I just remember we had a conversation about teachers were very like, impractical. Mm. Well, I've had some good teachers. I've had a lot, mostly good teachers. Yeah. And mostly the teachers have had good, you know, good sense of humor. Yeah. Deb. Deb, Aaron, <laughs> Dale. Dale would always shake. He'd yeah, always do yeah. A Dale, shimmy, Dale, you know? Dale's a very good dude. Yeah. Um, but then there's always, there's always going to be, you know, a couple that don't really like your, <laughs> like your jokes. You know, we make a joke about a, a dog named Hitler. Jeez. Oh, I, I, I drew a picture of a dog committing suicide, but like. 
Oh my god! <laughs> yes. And uh, what, what it, class was was that? That? it was the costume design costume class, design, yeah. and, and like she was like draw a picture of like what you see with the dog, and I just like it was each dog, and like she, she was like animated in whatever way you want. So it was a different breed of dog, and like the last breed of dog just looked like it wanted to kill itself. And like it was like the the droopy dog kind of dog, you know? Oh, so yeah, 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 like, yeah, like, like the jowl. Yeah, the jowl just like really, really down. Just like, I don't really want to be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so I drew like a rope from like like the top of the picture frame and the dog's like looking upwards. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> I turned That's it in. <laughs> it was really good though. I thought it, I thought it was drawn well. I still have it somewhere like downstairs. Yeah. It's like Mike quality. Remember what Mike turned yeah, in? Yeah, dude, that was great. Mike star Mike turned in a picture of a, uh, just a giant titty. Yes, <laughs> but then he sold it as a giant do- a dog's nose. Yeah. He's like, it's, it's a dog's nose. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. And he bullshitted so fucking hard. Like I've never because like because <laughs> I, 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 the teacher was like, "Hey, Mike, can I speak to you in private for a second? I was like, ooh, he's getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And he goes outside, comes back inside. He's kind of laughing a little bit. And I think he tells you first before he tells me like what the actual story is. But then when we get out of class, I'm like, oh, you have to tell me what the fuck happened. And he's like, oh, oh okay, okay, let me tell you. And he like pulls the picture out. So, so I drew a titty, <laughs> but I meant to. <laughs> but he went, <laughs> then he goes, but I couldn't let her kind of think that, you know, like I, I, he's like, I wanted to actually draw a titty. So I drew a titty, but I don't think she was comfortable with me drawing a titty. She said, draw whatever you want. Um, and so he's like, I said it was an accident. An accident. Yeah, it was an drawing. accident. I was like, you accidentally drew a titty. He's like, yeah, I accidentally drew a titty. <laughs> <laughs> drew a circle and went downhill from there. It was a really good looking titty, I'm going to be honest. It was a very good drawing. Like kudos to him, like an artistic perspective, and paint me like one of your, your French dogs. <laughs> <laughs> one of your French dogs. Paint me like one of your guys. <laughs> oh man! So I I know you from your work in the importance of being Ernest. Oh, like that? You, that, you saw Ernest? I, I saw. Yeah, I saw Ernest. Ernest. I was saying because I can't really fucking remember his name. Okay. But um, but but I saw that, and and like for people who listen. If they're from the school theater, you're listening to this. <laughs> Look, the earlier episodes wouldn't suit their taste. This episode, probably. Fast forward. But like, uh, you did a great job, and I, I thought, I thought that um, again, it, it was, it was a great performance. Uh, he played a lot of supporting roles, but it, it kind of highlighted the importance of supporting roles, in my opinion, uh, where you're very much influencing the whole structure of the story. And it's very, it's very minute, but like, again, when everyone saw you come out, it was like, holy shit, this motherfucker's coming out again. Like, it was great. Mm. Like, it was. What? That, thank, first of all, I'm yeah. flattered. Thank you. No but problem. what night did you see it? I think I actually saw the first night. Um, so. Really? Yeah. Mm. So I, I, I oh, saw, wow. I saw the first night. Did and- you, so was that, is that the, was that technically the first night? If I remember correctly, oh. there's like a preview night and then right yeah, after I, I theater didn't, night. I didn't, I wasn't helping with the show, so I didn't see it any, any earlier than that. I think I might've saw theater night. Uh, was is, there a bunch of people that were all in the college? Like they were all yeah, young. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there were, and like I don't usually like to see things in theater night because because sometimes the theater community can really be true. It gets loud. Yeah, it gets loud. But like, but for the most part, I thought it was pretty. Like it was pretty tame for like how they responded. And even in response to your performance, it was great. It was it was it was nice. It was great. I mean, you you came in, 
Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It, was, it was great. It was a part like, do you, what, I have to ask, like, what was the inspiration? I mean, did you just kind of sit and like kind of get that voice? Did you kind of, oh, did, you, no. did you go, did you go somewhere? Like, I, I feel like when I listened to it, I was like, I know this voice sounds like something you would get from like Faulty Towers, like John Cleese, kind of like old English comedy or something like that, you know? Dude, um, well, honestly, I just, if I remember correctly, my first voice, uh, yes, hello, uh, very, very deep or something like that. Very slow, you know, not very, uh, hippity hoppity, as yeah. some would say, you know, um, yeah. but Fred, Fred Chapel, uh, <laughs> who is, I was about to say he's no longer with us. He's definitely alive. He's just, <laughs> he's, 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 he's just, kind of laughed a while ago. <laughs> He's and, a spirit. He's <laughs> no longer in the College of Fine Arts, unfortunately. Um, but I'm glad that I was able to do a show with him because mm-hmm. that man, he is, he is efficient. I mean, dude, mm-hmm. he asked all the leads. Yeah. Second week had to be off book. Ooh. They, everybody and was that's off wordy. book. And that's dude. a fucking yeah, wordy play. And, and that's the thing. He would refer to these, you know, what he didn't like is i'm not even talking about my voice at this point but no, you're good, you're good. talking about my because fred was just phenomenal um but he he didn't like playing for laughs he yeah. said don't play the humor mm-hmm. don't he's like the whole he he looked at the importance of being earnest as you know it's very witty it, you know he called them titters you know do a little a little titter there a little titter that titter here titter there you know it's like you have these little witty phrases that you would use and you you know you say it the right way now not yeah. obviously not me personally as you said my role was i think in total i had like 10 lines yeah and i had a blast no, with those yeah. 10 and lines again, it, it felt like um i kind of compared to like bill Hader. if you look at bill Hader's like movie career besides like the show he does he does with barry mm-hmm. but like before that he had a lot of like minor roles and they were kind of comedic, but they left such a big impression. I think Pineapple Express is kind of one Dude, of them. Tropic Thunder. He was Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, so he, you're like, in, in that sense, I felt like you had that same kind of like icon where you had a small role, but you left like the biggest impression, like when you walked in and walked out, you know? Yeah. Like his lines could be equated to like, you know, like 10 lines akin to what you have, but it was, it was similar. Like you walked in and walked out, you left the impression. That means a lot, man. Yeah, no, it was was, was really good. I enjoyed it. I I Mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, The voice came from like, you know, he, he, Fred was mainly just like, I want something more. He was like, I don't know. Just honestly, I think he was just like, just include some more nasal, something, put put a little high, you know, higher in your register. And at this point I was, Oh geez, what that was sophomore year? Is that God? My memory. Uh, is that fall of my sophomore? Was that last fall or yeah? Last I think it was last fall. Of the show. Last yeah. fall. Yeah. Last fall. Yeah. Yes, yeah. because yeah. I was in Marie Antoinette. Still am. Yeah. Um. But sorry. What you got to talk about that? Yeah. Uh. No. I yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. We'll get to that. Um. But yeah. So it was my fall of sophomore year. So this was I was in voice. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> I think it was, I think you do voice one. I think each semester is a different voice. Yeah. From what I, yes, it is. So I was in voice three at the time uh, with Deborah Hale, person that I mistook our mutual Deb for earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she is another phenomenal teacher, but she is, um, I don't know. She just, she specializes in Linklater voice work. Yeah. Um, Kristen Linklater. 
Um, and there's very few people who are certified in the link later work because it's very specific as to how you do all the exercises, the type of uh, noises that you make and et cetera, and et cetera, or the warmups that you do. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of us, the BFA program in general, uh, especially in the beginning years, whether it be freshman, you know, into your sophomore year, um, you, you get, uh, very, it's like basically self-awareness training almost, not only self-awareness as far as psychologically speaking, physically, you know, just being aware of what's around you, what you're thinking, like just being observant, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was a lot of help from her because he wanted something nasally and I didn't know how to do that. And it yeah. wasn't, I was never really hitting on the dot. And each night he'd give me a new note. Each night he'd change it up a little bit. And finally, honestly, I think it came when I was having fun, but Deb helped me a lot when she was just like, hold your nose. You oh, know? yeah. So you start talking like this, you know, and uh, it's very different. But now you, if you do that, you'll notice there's pressure. Like when you speak naturally, there's air going out of, not a lot, but there's air naturally going out of your nose. Yeah. Um, so when you clog your nose, you can feel the air pushing up and not going anywhere. Yeah. So if I just think, if I'm, you know, thinking about how that feels, all of a sudden you could start recreating how it feels you create this congestive feeling and uh you know of course it partners with the dialect of course you know uh proper proper british but um it was it took a lot of not a lot of finesse but it took some finesse yeah. but once i got it apparently it was a hit and i enjoyed it because honestly yeah. I, there wasn't a night that i didn't have fun yeah. doing that kind of stuff even I, though i was a incredibly anxious no i mean like <laughs> I, I almost want to find a character like like just to kind of see like just just to show like this is who you like you you, you kind of like were because like i know that like that nasally british voice like, i know i've heard it somewhere in like a tv show mm. or some sort of british comedy you know yeah and i just want to be like this is what i thought of when i saw you come on you know yeah yeah like, minus the british accent whenever someone does like a nasal like Hello there. I would just like to uh, show you this uh, over here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, my name's Steve Urkel. Steve Urkel. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great, it's a great technique. It's a great way of like kind of like looking at it, like the names of passage and just imagining. Yeah, it's in, and honestly, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a specialist. No, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and I and I am in no way like I I'm not I'm not going to say that I'm bad at what I do. I know yeah. that I'm good at what I do, but I'm not. I there is always and will always be room for improvement. Oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, I I love voice so much. Deb really pushed me to just be a better student in yeah. general. I mean, she knew. I mean, it's cool. You get in the you get in the acting program. You know, that's 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 something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. You know, at first, but you know, I unfortunately was one of those people that you know you get in the program. It just I think it was based off of my state of mind at the time. But yeah. you didn't really not that you take it for granted. Yeah. But you know, for some reason, you just at least I didn't. I don't know why I'm saying you, but I did not want to put forth the effort that was necessary. Mm-hmm. I thought that I could just get by yeah. with my natural. I could definitely relate, dude. I could yeah. Definitely relate. The, yeah. the voice class I took with Jason Tate last uh, Dude, spring Tate is awesome. that yeah. changed. I, I I'm so glad I got to take that class because that definitely uh, made me realize. Yeah, it's not just like the subtext of the script, uh, knowing yeah. your lines, being prepared that way. Your voice 
how your voice connects to your body and your body connects to your voice and how that is that takes work in and of itself before yeah. you even show up to to perform so much work dude. yeah so knowing yeah knowing that um i can definitely relate to from the beginning i did not have that i didn't understand that but now hey understand it yeah I, i'm i'm a techie but i i did all the acting stuff a little back when i was younger and i, I kind of always understood like the importance of all of it a little bit because it's, it's just a lot of work and i think that as an actor when you're preparing for a role every single time like to incorporate all that like to be like i'm gonna do script i'm gonna do subtext emotional engagement how do i do this physically how do i connect vocally how do i connect mentally spiritually intellectually like all those sorry like six or seven things that counted yeah like, yeah, and yeah. Then you gotta and then you gotta be like here's my audition yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like and it gets better it's always steps in improvement and, and it is just getting to the best degree of how you put all that to yourself yeah and, and how you can get it out there. It's never easy. Oh, yeah. There's a, a quote. I think Brad Pitt, of all people, yeah. I think he said, uh, it's like a prize fighter. Like you train as much as you can yeah. before the, the fight. You do all the work necessary, and then you show up. You show up. Yeah. You, know, you walk on. You don't do war. You don't do the work when you get on set. It no, starts yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. way before then. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. When you... S- Especially voice work, in yeah. Because, like, I mean, I showed you the picture of the voice equipment that yeah, I yeah. Which was, that was my question because I was like wondering, do you ever think uh, from this experience too that you might consider? I mean, I don't know if you've been considering before, but just thinking about voice acting is a definite thing. One hundred percent. I think that yeah. that's probably going to be the a main avenue that I travel down. Okay, my, awesome. For my Cause, career, because because like I think that I I support a lot of like you know voice. I I maybe one day I'd like to try it if I ever got good with like the audio setup it's like well he knows yeah. audio you do you have a good uh, yeah, yeah. sense of wide variety of yeah yeah too. yeah i just because it's like it's like i would love to just sit there in a booth and just like talk shit not talk shit but like you still have to do work there's a lot of work with like even when you specialize in voice acting like like there's a lot of work and, and more power to you that you're gonna try to but a lot push. of times a director you know whoever you're doing it for they want you to have fun oh yeah for sure yeah and depending on the character that you're playing of course you need to be serious but yeah. nobody wants to work with someone who's just in this, I'm sorry, I'm in it. I can't, I can't talk to you right now. I'm, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, uh, all right, well, I won't see you next time. <laughs> but, you know, it's, but voice work especially, um, I'm really interested in because it's something that I am not interested in chasing a mortgage my whole life. I am not interested in, um, like I plan on building a tiny house right after college. Mm-hmm. I plan on being completely self-sufficient, self-sufficient, yeah. sustainable, all Simple. that junk. Yeah. Uh, not that it's junk, but you know, that's a word I chose to use apparently. Um, but it was just, I, I don't, I have no, I have no desire to have this one thing that I do, you know, and like occupation or just like kind of like well, more just, of a mindset too, especially occupation, but also, yeah. yeah, like you said, it's a, it's mainly my mindset of just, I want flexibility. Yeah. I want, I never want to do like, just from my perspective, every human is not one thing. It's, mm. I think it's hilarious to me that we, you know, we're, it's like we're children and we're treated as children until we get to college. And all of a sudden mm. we're like, okay, well, um, you're going to need to prepare for your future. You're going to need to know exactly what you want to do. Even if you don't want to do, you're going to have to do it because if you don't make money, you're screwed. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I, I am fortunate and I recognize my privilege 100%. And I am just, I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in, Mm. you know, even though it's stemming from not the greatest things ever, 
I still come from a nice area. Mm. I still come from a nice family. Yeah, great hair. And <laughs> thanks, dude. My dad shaved my head up until I finally was like, no. <laughs> um, but it was just, I, I don't have any plans on doing one thing for the rest of my life or being forced to do something yeah. at any point. I want to have the freedom to say no to something. Because you have to think about, if, especially being an actor, you know, you're, you are known for um, either your name mm-hmm. or your face. Mm-hmm. Normally, you know, I mean, it, it, also your voice, especially, which is why I'm trying to get into this, but it's something that's at first, at least in my perspective, it's a little daunting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. everything that it's like being an actor, everything that you agree to work on, you are promoting mm-hmm. to an extent, you know, it's, and it's not because I, but at the same time, a lot of actors, you know, they don't really have a choice. They need the money. Yeah. So what yeah, are you going to yeah. do when you're forced to, you know, not forced, the but. The film route, that's very true. Like anything like film, entertainment, like you're, you know, like promoting something, you know. Ex- it, exactly. It's like if you, especially when it comes to, I just had this great conversation with, he's a business major and he was talking to me about it's, uh, my friend Chris and his roommates. Uh, the guy I'm talking about, his name is Luciano. Yeah. Um, but he. He's a business major and he was talking to me about like the financial aspects behind Broadway and, you know, the musicals and the plays and everything like that. And he was like, you know, he's talking about the effectiveness of whatever and how effective you can be at telling a certain message and what it comes down, what it comes down to. And ultimately it comes down to the name and how much money you're going to make from the name. So it doesn't matter who it is, even if they suck. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying not saying that Rihanna sucks, but I'm saying if you took Rihanna and even though let's say she has no experience doing really hardcore acting or yeah, yeah, no, you're right. or anything yeah. like that. If you have Rihanna on your playbill, a lot of people are going to see that yeah. musical, you yeah. know, and whether or not it's, you know, whether or not it's an actor's acting yeah. thing, yeah. it's still going to probably break charts. She, she can totally like bomb in the worst way too. And she would walk out financially fine. Absolutely. Like, that, that, that's that's the thing too. Like she 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 might be, make more money for messing up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like there's not like she could she could definitely be like, oh, I feel the pressure of like wanting to do good, and my name's on it. But at the same time, if she just goes, I'm gonna go on stage and fart and walk out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like she she'd be fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're talking about it like a percentage of a percent. You know, Rihanna's yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. She, her voice. One of yeah. the best voices, female voices it's I've crazy. ever heard. Um, yeah. Crazy. Sexy. <laughs> just sexy. You got just the voice, curves. you got the sexy, you got the natural, just... Mm, yes. Mm, mm. Little, yeah, little, just a little... little <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I don't... I definitely... I have no intention of being forced to do something and I want to have the freedom to choose whether or not I want to do something, whether or not I want to promote something. That's great. That's, 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 that's a, a very, very healthy mindset to yeah. have, especially, you know, actors. I've met all, quite a few. One of my old roommates, he's like very dead set, very serious about, oh, I got to do this. I got to be successful as an actor. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it, it, that can be a little unhealthy oh, at yeah. times. Dude, one of one thing that is like not drilled into us, but it's said over and over and over again, especially our freshman year in the acting program. It's like you're playing. Mm-hmm. You're playing right. It's called a play, yeah. you know? So play around. Try yeah. some stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
you go in too serious, you're gonna you're gonna naturally going in and preventing yourself from. It's it's like trying to access again. It's like trying to access what we're trying to do, like what, what we do naturally as kids. We yeah. live in this world of imagination, and we're really there. It doesn't matter what's around us. It doesn't matter if it's, there's a stick in our hand. Yeah, that stick is Excalibur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It, it's we are slaying a dragon, and it is a great time. And it doesn't matter who is around us. It doesn't matter if our parents are right there or who we're playing with. Yeah. Somebody, hopefully, this was the atmosphere but if another kid walked in you'd be like yeah you're this character now and then mm. you just start off and that's i mean that's improv in and of itself right there but number two why does that stop why do we have to stop yeah. having that kind of that much fun you know yeah sorry i kind of i feel like i kind of interrupted no, you no, 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 sorry, you're, you're, you're dead on um i think just america it's a lot of it just how <laughs> it's america <laughs> It's just, you know, yes, it's, no, I agree. as you get older, I, I, I you know, you, there's these gray areas that it's like, oh, you know, you're not supposed to laugh here. You're not supposed to don't fart don't here, cry, yeah. you know, men don't, well, whatever, whatever you think of a hundred of them. Um, but like, as far as go push, push it down, push it down. Push it down. Push it down. Push it down. Can't even admit a dog's cute, right? Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, but, oh. but, yes. but, yeah. Yes. It's, it's just, we want to be the, the best. Yeah. Yeah. We want to be the best uh, at everything. You know, want to be the best athlete, want to be the best carpenter. You got to, you gotta have the best business. It's just like it's. I think it's a big American mindset that it's, is that is not good, especially when it comes to art. Yeah, yeah. It's it's because like I, I I I'm such like you guys are more the kind of on stage entertainment, and like I'm backstage, right? And it's mm. interesting because I I feel and my my mental approach of what I want is what you guys have, right? But like I treat my daily because I do this audio and, and, and I do like, you know, some video stuff where that's my job, but I want to switch, you know, like not that since I want to switch jobs, but I want that ability of like, let me just change hats per se, you know, because I think it's important to go. I think we've kind of touched on it before because I, I totally believe that if I wanted to play guitar and be con- content with that, and go on stage and start playing as a guitar player or a rocker, like, I want to do that. I have this thing where for me, um, at, at, a, at a certain age, I'm like, well, I want the financial security of being able, because we talked about this a little bit, the ability to do those things without feeling like you're taking a huge risk comes with financial security. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where people get mostly stuck in. It's the sense of like, yeah, I want to wear different hats, but like, you know, I have to like, how am I going to generate income in mm-hmm. a more technical sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's the, the struggle that like, I feel most people find themselves in. A little bit myself as well, because like, I do all this, I fucking love it to death, Sometimes I'm just like, oh, I need to step away. I think with freelance, it's it's easier to a certain degree if you're, yeah. if, you're if you've got good income. Um, and I don't disparage both mentalities either. If you're a person who can totally just from the get go just be like, no, wear different hats all the time. Good. I I only thing I suggest and recommend is excel at all the hats you wear. True. Like because 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 you know I got I've tried wearing different hats before, and and I think the biggest thing for anybody, especially as you get older, is that when you try to try on a new hat. And you go, this is hard at mm-hmm. first. That, that is like the fierce mentality that stops you from continually wearing that hat. Yeah. When Jack you, of all trades, master yeah. of none. Yeah. When, yeah. when you're older and you have to put on a new hat and you don't, you know, and you're putting on that new hat to, for money yeah. to supply this, this passion you have, yeah. that's, yeah, that could take away the time spent yeah. towards that. 
that are yeah i don't i don't i think it's like you're the, for like actors like i gotta be a great every, it's millions millions and millions of people want to be great actors yeah. great you know mm-hmm. it's like that the passion doesn't die i believe for yeah. most people it's like the money the money gets in the way of you having yeah. to you know do supply it. supply yeah. yourself whatever you're doing with the house the kids whatever yeah so it's tough. It's always easier, you know, said than done finding yeah, that, for sure, for finding sure, but, that, but, that balance, yeah. you know, especially right now, Yeah, especially right now, finding a fucking balance with everything yeah. and really enjoying uh, I was, I was, do. I was telling Jesse before that a part of that mentality, which I really oh, do, just technical hands right here. Great. I was telling Jesse in our earlier podcast that a part of like what was interesting um, in, in relation to our current crisis of like economic disparity um, was that during COVID and when we got to, some people got to live through unemployment benefits and whatnot. I was one of those people who got to live. Got more money than they did before. A little bit. I got to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but like through that, I, I lived what people I think want to live, which is the the relief of having financial security continually. Yes. And I was wearing different hats. I was wearing so many different hats. One day I was doing this shit right here. Next day I was just fucking goofing off reading a book. I don't know. I was, I was, I, I felt as free as ever. I would fucking write music. I would do whatever I wanted to do. It was, it was uplifting and free. I have, okay. So, all right. So when you, like you guys said, you, you got a little bit more money than you would have expected yeah. than before, mm-hmm. you know, than you had, yeah. right? So this is, this will go further on to something else, but did you find yourself being attracted to being lazy when that no. happened did you find yourself just sitting on your ass and doing nothing for weeks no. on end until you were just like all right well i guess i'm gonna do this again i'm, assu- I'm this, yeah, is no, this yeah. is an assumption but like you said you had a bunch of different hats on you said you know maybe one day let's say you decided to relax and read a book and the next day you decided no. to do whatever but either way you were motivated to do something yeah. It, it, it first started out with I was just completely lazy. I was just like sitting there, and plus because we were like, especially oh, yeah, the start, the start of it, it was like solid, you know, solid two yeah. weeks. The, the start of it, it was like definitely don't leave your homes. It was like total like nuclear lockdown at first. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was just sitting there. I was being lazy. I, I was ordering food. I, I didn't give a fuck. Oh no! <laughs> no <you're good. laughs> but um, you good? You wait. Okay, cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I was, I was just in, in, just, I was just chilling. Mm-hmm. Like, like it was like a week and a half I was chilling. Then I was like, Man, I feel like doing something different. So first of all, I was just in my house all day and I was like, I want, I want to do something different. Yeah. And, and, and it started to slowly go from like going to brass maybe. <laughs> and then, and then it, it would go to like, okay, let me pick a guitar and let me do this. And then I would be like, I may make a video. And I did make a video. Um, that, that was an interesting video. Uh, it was it was for Black Lives Matter, and because like I went to one of the pro, I went awesome. to one of the protests, and I was like, I'm not a protesting motherfucker. I, I don't. I have too much. I hate. Large yeah, crowds. I, I, I was like, I have too many opinions about a protest, and like this didn't feel as organized as I really care to admit. Um, and then I was like, I'm gonna articulate my thoughts through art, like whatever form of art that could be. And for me, it was making a video, some video editing. I'm gonna articulate my thoughts to the best of my ability through that. That's a good Ooh. amount of time. I enjoyed it. I was making videos at one point for somebody else. Um, I was I was keeping myself busy. Now the difference between let's say like then and like before was that it felt more free. Like mm-hmm. I, I I felt like I wasn't in this position where I was sacrificing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just doing, and I knew I was okay. And 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 like I would put as much effort as I wanted. I never I never reached a point where I felt like 
oh, oh God, I'm too lazy. Like, you know, I, I, I never felt that. I can imagine some people might, like they were completely lazy, but from like, I think kind of a good majority, I didn't feel compelled to feel lazy, complacent. And when I felt that way, I was like, I need to do something. Right. Yeah. What do you, yeah. What do you think? I, I was like, I need to get out. I need to, yeah. I need to do something. Yeah. Um, like we would meet yeah. up and work out, out, we went to the park a couple of yeah. times. I, I had to get out and yeah. work out. Working out really, that's, that's the big thing that really helps. It's always helped me. Just yeah. getting physically active, getting, getting sweat going, getting tired, and then yeah. coming home and then much more relaxed and okay with what I'm doing yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little more naps. Dude, yeah, I, <laughs> a week ago. No, it was like it was a few days ago. I took two naps in a day. It was like one of the first times I've done that. I woke up. I had uh, some oatmeal and I did a little I did a little reading and I took a nap around noon. Woke up at one, had some rice and chicken and watched Game of Thrones. And then the thought occurred in my oh, head was nice. like you worked hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I took another nap. <laughs> I took another nap. That's great. You worked hard. You yeah. <laughs> the reason that I that I that I bring it up is that um, I'm just I'm I'm personally am a, a supporter of universal basic income. Yeah, no, I, I think yeah. so too. Um, but not where you receive a check in the mail for a thousand dollars every yeah. month and it's just like good luck it's not what i'm saying yeah. i'm saying universal basic income where I, if you think about it already you know we have we have our net income yeah. right but then we have our profit everything that you get after you spend your money on the things that you need to yeah. live or survive or the things that you chose to invest in or whatever the fuck yeah. right um so why not instead, let's say everyone hypothetically got $1,000 a month, you take the, that $1,000 and you put it, you, it's automatic payments toward whatever, like whether it's your rent, your utilities, your food, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And it's like from the reason that I brought it up is that, you know, I will hear counter arguments that, you know, well, immediately that's, they're like, that's socialism yeah, yeah. or that's yeah. communism yeah. or, and that's all it is, is promoting people to be lazy. Yeah. Right. Which there is some merit to that argument. And I think that the laziness, like I will gladly admit that first two weeks I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. I was in front of a computer screen playing video games, having a great time eating as much junk food as yeah. I could just, you know, having a great time. Right. But it came to a point where my body, I woke up one morning and my body was just sore. <laughs> and like, I felt like I had knots everywhere. I was like, what is going yeah. on? And then it dawned on me. It was like, I haven't worked out. I haven't stretched. Yeah. I haven't done, I haven't gone outside. Yeah. And it's like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden it was just like a switch went off. And that's just my counterpoint to someone who says that universal basic income will make everyone just lazy and eventually not do anything is that Corona was a great little test. Yeah, I know for a lot of see. things, man, for a lot of things. I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like you guys getting a little bit more money than you would have expected them before. That was a little taste of what universal basic income I, I, could like can yeah, do. I, I think, of, I think of it this way um, in relation to people being lazy, if they receive continual money or some sort of like service like that, people who are rich, like, like millions of dollars, whatever the fuck they make for their fucking annual income, doesn't mean they're happy. And there, there are people who are rich, 
fainted or committed suicide. And, and so like, to me, I always think of it as like, they realize at one point down the line, they're not happy. And it, they're still in this process of like, I got to find something that motivates me to get out, to go get out and find that like sense of happiness. So I don't think that it makes them really lazy, even if they have millions of dollars coming in, which is actually their annual income. It doesn't make them lazy the same way. It doesn't make me lazy when I have this small amount with like the Corona stimulus package coming in monthly that I want mm-hmm. to stay home and just not give a fuck about anything. You know? Yeah. Like I, I, I still, I like, I find there is a happiness with financial security, but it's not because I, I do think money equates to a level of happiness. There's a certain amount. There's like a ratio, but it's not the end all be all of like just being happy, you know? Like you've you've no. gotta like realize that like oh man I I feel so great I don't have to worry about financial security I know I'm gonna have food on my table I feel awesome I'm missing something and then that's when you as a person mm. whether you're fucking really rich or you live through the, the Corona stimulus package where you go I gotta find out something most I I feel like most people are gonna do that like in one way or another there are gonna like, be people who will go like well I got overweight and I don't know what to do because I saw some people when I would go to Publix I'm like damn you are just living it up you know <laughs> but I do generally think people would, would would eventually realize like it's the money is not the full on happiness aspect you know and if you had that 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 kind of like universal income where it's kind of from what I understand it's it's catering to the base needs of a person like food, utilities, rent you know, yes. and it's not saying that you just like go overboard with like, you know, oh, also medical. Yeah. Like, I yeah, can't forget that. I do not. I hate it when people are like, because I witnessed yeah. it, they will have something terrible going on with their yeah. teeth and they can't do anything yeah. about it because the copay at the dentist's office is hundreds he, he and was hundreds just of dollars. Them, and I have been one of those people. Uh, I just dropped, uh, I'm, I dropped $1,700 and got getting my wisdom teeth. Okay. That to me should be basic at this point. It should be inherent that you get the kind of help. If you are living in America, which I understand, I'm not about to say that America, I'm not saying that America is the best because it's not. I'm saying that America, based off of how we build it up, should at least give you the, that's what I'm saying, like this this basic income. I'm not saying you get $1,000. I'm saying you get a all your basic necessities yeah. covered and the rest yeah. of the shit you have to you have to figure yeah. that out yeah but you do something that you're passionate about that you get yeah. motivated and you'll if you dude if you have fun doing what you're doing you will not only feel more fulfilled yeah. but you'll probably end up getting more money than you would have doing mm-hmm. something that you hate yeah, my grandpa always said that he said if you really enjoy what you're doing and you find fun in it you most likely will reap the benefits from what you do yeah. you will get what you, you the money you want um. Yeah, dude. I me- healthcare, of course. Like, yeah, pay for that shit. Yeah, just pay for it. Yeah. But I, when it yeah. comes to you know rent and food, I think you definitely need to you know you need to put in some work because if you're having that paid for, that it's I think it's only natural that you can get a little lazy. So when you so my counterpoint to that would be. So my living expenses monthly, granted I'm a college student, I'm a junior this year, and I have two roommates. I'm living in a somewhat nice area, and like I said said to you guys before, um, my rent was grandfathered in, right? So it's like I'm paying the same rate that I paid before my place was renovated and I got new management and all that stuff. Ultimately, my expenses altogether are no more, including food, are no more than $700 a month. Okay. And now this is this is the, I'm a college student, okay, and 
I'm so we have all of those things covered, right? But if if let's say you weren't getting all of that extra money, and also this would be a graduated tax rate or a graduated rate, mm-hmm. so it's like base levels a thousand. And as you go up on those tiers, based on how much income you already have, you're going to get less and less money. I am not saying a millionaire is going to be getting a thousand dollars a month. He wants to like pay. for the sake of equality. Yeah. Quotation marks. <laughs> it's like or air quotes rather. Um, and it's just I what I'm I what I like the idea of even if it would take some people longer and even if some people yes they just fall into this rut and they can't get out of it what if like if you don't have the extra money to go do people want to take vacations they want to go to concerts they want to do what they want to buy things that make their brain feel good right so where are you going to get that extra money if not finding a creative way to make money whether or not that be this this is where my argument kind of comes to a close because it's like i get it i get why i understand the 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 counterpoints saying like no universal basic income to an extent won't work because it's like where is that money coming from number one and you know and i and you know uh andrew yang he has a lot of good points about where the money would come from how we would get it it would be smaller taxes here and there but I just all I want is to for people to have this is security, why I'm not security. Gonna... It's, it feels like a baseline, which I like because it's like you have a baseline where you're not falling below the poverty line because that's what it feels like with universal income. Like I haven't done as much research on the subject, but like you have a it, it sounds like a baseline. You don't fall below the poverty line because you're always being secured, and if you go up the ladder, then you know that sense of security gets kind of like loosened and hold. Mm-hmm. You're, you're now you're ladder, developing your own level of security as a person now, you know. Yes, and as you go up that ladder, the economy, the economy as a whole, will reap the benefits yeah. of it because you are finding, you are being, we're all being entrepreneurs yeah. because we have the freedom to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I, you know, I don't like the 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 idea that you know it's like, well, you know, it's America, so you go start your own business, you go build your own business. Yeah. It's like, what if I don't want to be a business? Right. Yeah. I I just my point was just. Everything, like not having everything, like the food, the the shelter, yeah. the healthcare, like everything seems like there's there'd be a gray area. There's, there's yeah, definitely yeah, like a gray to, yeah, area yeah, there yeah. that well, there's everything. There's gray area and everything. Um, but putting forward some effort and not just sitting on your ass yeah. and, and reaping all the money. I'm all for fucking helping people mm-hmm. out there, especially right now. There's another thing. Like right now, there's there's so many gray, gray areas with people who are out of jobs, no longer like, fuck, oh, dude, I work at a bar that's like one of two bars now yeah. in Midtown. So mm. there's, yeah, there's people that definitely, I, I 100% agree with who would, who should be getting that money for a food I get shelter, saying, all that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It pisses me off, dude. It, I mean, it I mean, me, I, 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 it pisses I, 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 me I, I, off. It's because like, there's there are people like I, I see people walking into brass that I know used to be like you know bartender yeah now they're shit out of luck yeah I I think that um you know one of the things that it, it, it's just without getting too much into politics is that like a lot of ideas that portray like that are that are in a stance of like if we kind of sh- like we all share in you know like, especially with like universal healthcare we all pay it through our taxes or like education. So that's a huge mm-hmm. thing. We all pay college through our taxes. And a lot of people go, why would I pay for that fucker? 
Like that, 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 yes. that, that, is, that is like, that is like the, and I think it's legit possible because other countries have done it before. Like that's, that's my argument. Like Germany has done it. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't go, uh, what's wrong with that's fucking like, they don't, they don't, yeah. they, don't you know, <laughs> they, they don't throw a problem when they, they are paying through taxes. You don't think about it. And that's the thing. They're, you're thinking about something you're not going to think about in the future at all. Yeah, this is a side note. <laughs> when you bring up Germany as like the first thing, first thing my mind goes to is like, God, but they kind of <laughs> fucked up, but big, like morally, like the biggest fuck ups. You, you went to straight to, but maybe, <laughs> dude, it was crazy. Um, I did some re. It was actually World Theater History with Kellen, um, Doctor Kellen Hawksworth. Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. Um. Uh, it was last semester, um, mm, right? Spring. Yeah, last spring. Um, and we had to do like the, you know, it was like a world theater history, like a, you had to pick a decade, uh-huh. you know, and you did, you picked all these different countries and you picked the big thing that happened in that yeah. decade. And ours happened to be the 1910s. So we picked World yeah. War One. Um, and I did the, I did Austria, Germany, like the empire. Okay, yeah at that you know so it was like you know prussia it was like the remnants of the prussian yeah. empire and all that stuff and it was really interesting to see first of all there's a lot of evidence that points to it being somewhat planned number one. what do you mean like that's so like the whole assassination of archie Ferdinand and all that stuff and then leading up to the the assassination and how okay because just the assassin the archduke oh like when his car the guy in, his car broke down right outside the Coffee, coffee you mean, you mean like plan like he could have been a part of it kind of like no no i i doubt do that. No, <laughs> but i'm talking like, about that right the guy yeah yeah because yeah, like because like it was a military arms complex and they all were all okay. like look at my muscles look at my muscles and then it was like you killed the motherfucker we're all going in and my thing was is that you had the assassination of one yeah. person and that one person sets off a chain of yeah. events, which basically old alliances that were made from, I believe it was Napoleon. Yeah. It was some, it was like during the, expansions. And then basically in order to keep everybody in yeah. check, you have all mm. of these alliances that got formed. So if somebody was like, I'm going to fight you, obviously yeah. there'd be allies wars. to it's help, right? It's, it, yeah. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty much, totally honestly. Yeah. So it's, you, so you have these powers that automatically because of one assassination, just blows up into this a literal world yeah. war. Europe was split in half. Um, but the reason I talked about this is you're like, you're like Germany. <laughs> they kind of fucked up a little bit. Um, world War One obviously did not end up well. For I mean, neither World War did, but um, World War One did not end up that. Boy, good World for War ends up good. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? That was a that was a good one. <laughs> Got a lot of money, but that's what I'm saying. It did end up good, especially for America. Mm. I'll get onto that later. But Germany specifically, they. I mean, I wrote. I had the, the whole project. Like I had to write a whole paper yeah. about it. But Germany had to. Basically, they were like, "You have no military. You have the equivalent of what would be like the National Guard." To an extent, you, yes, and they had to, they were like, you have to pay all of these reparations for everything that was, like, I'm pretty sure it was like the Versailles Treaty or something like that. So some kind of, it was something like that where it was like, Germany, you have an insane amount of money 
to pay back to us because of all of these things. And they, number one, when you, when you say Germany as a whole, number one, that's also, that's a very blanket statement because there's a lot of people who live yep. in Germany. And there are a lot of great German scientists yeah, that, worked that came with out. NASA, dude, after that. Yes. They were like, come on, you know what it is? You know sounding more and more increasingly like? Uh, the TV what? show on Amazon. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. That's where I got the uh, idea like, from. Yeah, like yeah. Hunted or something like that. Hunters, Hunters. Hunters yeah. Did you see that before? No, uh, it's about, um, and, and I would love to do the, like the, the historical work of like whoever the quote unquote dramaturg for that show is, just, like get on the history. Basically, mm-hmm. it's got uh, Al Pacino and a bunch of other people and it's in the 1970s and it, the premise is that they're killing uh, ex-Nazis who've been taken from Germany and now are living in the gotcha. US. So I feel like this narrative is kind of like sort of sticking oh, yeah. together a little bit. Great story, yeah. great show, but yeah. the story of the assassination of Archduke like that yeah. story is yeah. one of the craziest stories. Um, what's there's a history podcast that kind of talks like this. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Actually, I don't. He, he, he talk, <laughs> like it's like um, history podcast. Uh, Carlin, so Dan Carlin Dan is Carlin. his name. Yeah, um, he has a breakdown of that. I'm pretty sure um, Archduke. So he's in a car with his with the with his wife, with whatever the queen. Yeah, they're driving. Archmiss. <laughs> yeah. They're they're driving, you know, whatever, somewhere. And some got some guys run up and try to like throw a grenade or something and the mm-hmm. grenade doesn't go off. So then they fucking kill that guy. And then like a couple other people were with them. One of those guys escapes and goes to a coffee shop. They yeah. continue to ride along after they, you know, dismantle the guys. They they continue to drive. The car breaks down right outside the coffee shop. That mm-hmm. guy, one of the guys escaped to. Mm-hmm. The guy is in the coffee shop, sees the fucking Duke out there, and he's like, holy shit. He has a gun, goes up, bang, 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 bang. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> that, I'm pretty sure that's what, that's what, we're, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. It's actually, and then, because it was, a, because that, I remember him talking about, like, because that was, like, single event, if you think about it, what are the odds? What are the fucking odds of all of that coming together, working together at them, he stops right outside the coffee shop. Yeah, sees him, and then the rest, the rest ensues <laughs> a whole war. I hope, I hope that when he did bang bang, he literally screamed, he was shouting bang 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 bang, <laughs> just like, just like <laughs> you see, I, I am, I don't really like the idea of coincidences. Yeah. Um, like and I, sometimes it does happen, and it seems very serendipitous. It's like, wow, this, this was like it almost seems like it was meant to happen, mm. you know. But the reason I brought it up is because you have something that seems so like really you have all of these random factors that combine to create this crazy event in history. Yeah. But if you look at Germany after World War One. They had no way yeah, to pay no, back the, repar- no the reparations no that was demanded to them by the rest of the European countries. Right. They were stripped of everything. Mm-hmm. They had you know, no food aid or whatever, whatever, whatever. But because of the economic disparity that happened in Germany right after that, I mean, it's, it got yeah. bad. Well, I mean, you're talking no food. I mean, we're ta- we're talking here like you know, education, food, health care. They didn't have yeah. anything. Yeah. They were just like, well – as a whole, everyone who lives in this country is now being blamed yeah. for what happened, even if you participate in the war and if, if you haven't. But because of the economic disparity, 
you have someone named Adolf Hitler who's able to come in, who's very charismatic, (laughs) very charismatic (laughs) and very staunch in his beliefs. And he's like, I have a dream and I think Uh, (laughs) I have a dream. Sorry, I did not mean to (laughs) uh, associate those two people. But he did have a dream. Uh, His dream was just completely different. (laughs) (laughs) But he was just like, I think, not that it was necessarily in the best ways possible, but he was like, I think that Germany can be greater. And unfortunately, because of the position that they were in, they were like, yeah, Yeah. we don't care about the means by which we achieve this goal, but we're going to do it. And I just, you can't, you, you can't separate imperialism, like money, religion, and war all coincide when it comes to imperialism. You cannot separate the two. I took uh, religion in the U.S. This was a great class that I took. I'm currently taking ancient mythology. I'm excited about that one too. But um, this class, uh, religion in the U.S., talked basically, it's, it basically kind of taught me to have a very multifaceted, like nuanced perspective when it comes to things that involve religion and everything like the narrative that the that the colonists had when they were coming over Mm -hmm. here and they were like the narrative was well god killed off all of the uh indigenous peoples they called them you know whatever racist name that they Mm -hmm. called them at the time but they were just like well god killed them all off for us you know whereas they they have they had no they didn't know what epidemiology was. They didn't know they were giving all of these diseases that wiped out 95% of the population in the Americas yeah. completely. I mean, it was just crazy. Entire empires engulfed in, and that's why, ugh, anyway, I'm not going to this very, very long, but it's just, when you look at America, yeah. especially, especially after World War II, dude, the Great Depression was a thing. Yeah. It wasn't until World War II that our economy went and we got back on top. Like, I'm, and you can you can look at it however way you want, but war fuels economies. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's why, I mean, episode eight, I'm bringing it back to Star Wars, love it, but episode, <laughs> episode eight, The Last Jedi, you know, you have this character named DJ. Yeah. Um, and he tells, it's Finn. Um, and he's like, you know, what are you doing? You're just a, you're just a bad guy. Did you steal this ship? And he was like, let's see. And he turns on this hologram and he was like, seems like the person here sold arms to the empire. And he keeps flipping through. And all of a sudden it wasn't just the empire. They'll, they're selling arms so, yeah. to the rebellion yeah, yeah. too. They're funding both sides yeah. in order to create a conflict, which makes them more yeah. money. Yeah. War, war, that's that's a good point. Like after wars, usually there's a dip, very poor, very poor, but then it picks back up um, the economy. Um, and I can't, I, the only place I can reference is the U.S. So oh, I'm yeah, not no, 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 it's it true. I, yeah. I can't, like, I have traveling. There's, I, how many places can I reference in, in uh, excuse me, in African countries? War stimulates comedy. But there's, there's a lot of places. Yeah. There's a lot of places. A lot of places. It's like war stimulates. War stimulates economy. Uh, I feel like yeah. It's- I so I took a history class over the summer, and one of the things that really stood out was, of course, we talked about all the wars, crazy, just stories. Um, but apparently, like in Japan, like like it wasn't just in like it wasn't just in Germany that or whatever that really started or the assassination, but. Apparently, like, there's a lot of shit that was going on in Japan, too, in, in China. Really? Yeah. Like, 
there was big influence of because it was all we were all tied in. We're all tied yeah, in somehow. If, if you're talking about World War II, it's, it's, it's like, a world war. World no, this is like I believe World War One. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. So apparently, like it's like something on a bridge. I'll look it up after this, but it's like a bridge incident or something, and apparently that had a big influence as well yeah. in starting the war. Yeah. You know. Um, but in the class, talked about because uh, like in World War One, that was when China took the opportunity. No, Japan took the opportunity to invade China. I mean, they, Japan has done that multiple times. So, they have. They have, they have, they have done just, that. They, they have definitely tried to expand off a little island. But I, I, I know in I know in in World War Two, the buildup was in America, literally going no, like to try the Japan every time they try to go past uh, their borders for like Chinese and. and just any Asian influence of the continent, um, and that's why they got so angry that they bombed Pearl Harbor. That's that's the short narrative of it. But mm. they they were just like, okay, we're tired of you doing that, and then yeah. he went, he went in. One of the things I learned that was really cool was it, it's a phrase called Pyrrhic victory. You know what a Pyrrhic victory is? I do not. Yes. You heard about this? It's a yes. It's awesome. It, it's a victory <laughs> that you. It's, it's, a victory where both sides yes. lost. Okay. Yeah, you win on paper. You win, yeah. but the the win wasn't worth what you lost. Okay. So, like mm-hmm. Civil War, you you won, you took over an area, but you lost your best general. Okay. You know, yeah. Um, and it really opened my mind of like, oh, what what do we do? What do I do now? Like, what do I think's a win now? But is it really worth like the time and the or money spent in doing so? Um, so it's interesting how like, like history you take like little bits and pieces and how that like affects who you are. Like, no, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I, I've often taken history as a, a tool to see the cyclicity of like, uh, cyclicity, whatever you want to pass that, the cycle of how cyclicality, yeah, cyclicality whatever, whatever. Uh, sounds, yeah, but, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, whatever, but the pattern of behavior that humans exhibit within societies. Um, and, mm-hmm. and having traveled the way I have because my dad, um, it's it's there. Like I, even to this day, I, 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 I was just in a car talking to him about some stuff. But um, I, I, I always tell people, and it's because it's, you know, I, I've been, I've, I was raised a lot in Africa. Um, but Whoa, yeah, really? yeah I, I've traveled a lot. My dad works as foreign service. So like I traveled a lot as a kid. Um, Dude, that's yeah, so cool. and and wow. and I always go like when someone tells me a story of like this is what happened in here, I'm like yeah I saw it over there like and, and then and then I try to be like the behavior of someone is not different than what you see over there in comparison to here, and and for me the example here would be like the riots in the U.S. and all that crap. I don't even want to talk about it to be perfectly honest, but that the the behavior of it is akin to what you see somewhere in let's say uh, in Africa, Northwest South, if you're poisoned could be in parts of China too, or in Thailand, or, or just South China. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's mm. it's behavioral, or in Slavic countries, Ukraine, for sure. Um, it's it's behavioral human pattern within a certain set of circumstances. I'm no master psychologist, but I I guarantee you there's only a document out there that kind of illustrates what I'm even attempting to talk about. I, I, it's so you just see it, and if you've seen it once somewhere, you understand it where it's like somewhere else. There's a different set of conditions that make it kind of happen. But at the end of the day, mm. the, the, the primary source is still the same. Like like I was talking about again. Would you say that would be oppression? Like to oh, yeah, an extent? Like, yeah, yeah, it seems yeah, like all yeah, the places yeah, that you yeah. named there were yeah, in there, some there, way. There's some oppressing factor versus a resisting factor, and especially in reference to the riots specifically. And I was telling him that like 
people here in the U.S. have a tendency that when something bad happens, currently with our current climate rise, um, they they tend to again technology is a pro and a con. They tend to like show it and they go like this is what's happening. But they also have like a dumb response of like being like, look at what's happening, like and 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 they try to rebel. They try to everyone wants to be their own hero, so they try to kind of like do something to fight against. And in places like Africa, it's it's definitely similar, but they don't really have access to live streaming on their phones, mm. so they will just go in and mm. just. Just take over. Yeah. Arab Springs happened for a reason, but <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like it, sometimes I look at the scenarios here and I'm like, God, it's like it's similar, and there's connections. It's child's play. It's like in a fucking really bad way. Like it's child's play. Like here, because of our technological advances, it's almost like we're trying to. We're not. We stop to think. We we just try to kind of indulge in the scenario of what a bad scenario is because we have our phone devices. Yeah. We can look at it. Look at it. Look it's, at it. Uh, and it's great. It's great for like you know from an investigator being like, okay, that's what happened. But like, it's also just kind of like, look at it. Look at it. Look 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 at this. It's bad. Like, yeah, get out of there. <laughs> so you have Maria Antoinette. Yes, you do. Up. Oh, yes. Good segue. Um. I, uh, yeah, that's, dude, Marie Antoinette. I cannot stop raving it's gonna be a about. Yes, I do. It's going to be, so we have rehearsals starting up this coming Thursday. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be all Zoom. Um, and then I believe, as far as rehearsals are concerned, they stop September 20th. And then by early October, they're going to release fully edited version of so so, so you guys so you guys are having the show being recorded somewhere you're good i'll just edit that out <laughs> but yeah he just like was yawning he's like, Bam, he's like oh shit but um but are, are you guys going to be recording it somewhere like video recording to edit it with your audio or something like that honestly i think that it's just going to be like the host whoever so it's a Zoom thing. meeting I and then, think and then so, is man. it going to be like you guys act in like whatever space you're in or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what Sam is the, is the, the cow, right? Is it Sam the, <laughs> oh, I would love yeah. to see that dude on zoom. That would be beautiful. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd love to see that too. I'm just thinking cause like, uh, over at my job, we're doing really different. Really different. I, I created a setup that was way different. So, oh, I mean, like we're not editing; we're live streaming. Like, like I mean, we we really? can edit whatever live stream we like, whatever live stream we make, and get the recording and post. But uh, you know, how many people are in the cast? Uh, for the current show that we're going to do, it's going to be like the company in the show, but <laughs> it's in support of like Black Lives Matter, and it's like a bunch of monologues. Mm-hmm. It's like five or seven people, but the way we're doing it is very simplistic. It's like one person monologue, one person monologue, then it's like live stream. So, like, yeah, oh, that's so, cool. It, you know, Couple cameras set up, you know, pretty pretty standard. You want those. I think the issue that we run into, especially with Marie, is that I think at, at one time there will be 10, 12 mm-hmm. people on on stage at one point. Um, and, you know, I have to give a kudos and a shout out to Megan Pence um, because. I know what okay. I'm talking about. Yeah, but she's, she is the. 
director of Marie Antoinette, and she is. Phenomenal. Oh, I think I, I think I might. She's a graduate I student. I might know her. I might know her. Or she was, or yeah, because like when um, so Cabaret is happening is like a live musical at at at, at the, the Fallon. So what? So there's a story behind that. So in the springtime, I was going to do Cabaret, and I believe I was working with the husband of of Megan because I think she's married, maybe. Okay, yes, she is. Yes, I was working with the husband uh, for Cabaret, and she was doing the Reanimator at the time because um, that's when it was supposed to originally go off, right? Somewhere in there. Um, and when I was working with the husband, we were doing cabaret together. It was all working out fine and then all this shit happened. Um, and we didn't mm. know when cabaret would be a thing anymore. Um, and you know, his wife's continuing to see the show. So now cabaret is at FSU and I'm wondering who's doing it. I personally it, don't know. Tuck her up and ask that. Like a ch- I wonder. I wonder. I I, yeah, I don't, I don't, um, we just had auditions. We just had a general auditions. We had to send in our videos yeah. for and stuff. Um, Did you go to Cabaret too? I forget if it's going to be this season or next. I don't know if they've chosen to, because tr- this, this shows that they've pushed on, pushed off until next semester. Like they, they flipped a couple, if my memory is yeah. correct. Sometimes it isn't. Um, but uh, they pushed off some shows that they would rather do possibly in person, depending on how things go. I don't know. But, um, you know, as far as Cabaret is concerned, I don't even, I don't know who the director is going to be. Um, but I do know that people are really interested. Like, the people are excited yeah, to do I mean, it. Yeah, me too. But I also feel like it's, that's just for me. I'm not saying this actually. This is a fuck you to me. Like, like the, the universe has been like, you wanted to do Cabaret. <laughs> dude, that's how I kind of felt with Marie because, dude, the rehearsal process, we were well into the latter half of our um, rehearsal process. And Megan was so efficient, very productive. You know, she would really, some individuals, yeah. yes, you know, they would have to kind of be there longer than they were needed. Yeah. But at least in my case, you know, I was only called if I was yeah. needed. You know, in my part, you know, although it was an, integral part it wasn't huge you know i had i had three scenes in total and but it was very it was a great opportunity because a lot of it was just marie yeah. and i i my character's name was fairson so it was just fairson and marie and um you know it was it allowed for a great it was almost like it's just scene work really yeah. it was just like i would have for any other class in the program but um, she was just megan was so efficient in how she did it and she created a very supportive and uplifting atmosphere. We had this time. We had it was like second week into rehearsals, yeah. I think, and we all. She had us all stand around in a circle. It was very. It was like something out of a movie, and I was like, "What's about to happen?" But we all stood in a circle. We we held each other's hands, and she was like, "All right, I want us to go one at a time. We're going to look into each person, look into every person's eyes in this circle, and say, I will lift you up, or I will hold you up,' or something mm-hmm. like that." One of the two. So we just went around and each person had to make eye contact, eye contact and say it with. And I'm not going to lie. By the end of it, you really you felt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, whoa, this is an interesting feeling. And I mean, ever since then, you know, whether it's just my perspective on it, you know, maybe some people had not a good time. Yeah. But when I went there, it, I was, you know, just cracking man. jokes. Mm. Everyone was laughing, having it, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't like. I think Megan also, in her case specifically, she has a lot of empathy with the yeah. actor. She was in yeah. earnest. Mm. Um, 
a haw, yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 A lot, a lot of that awesome. kind of vernacular going around. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my. Uh, you know, she, and, but she had a lot of empathy for actors. She knows what it's like to be there. And some directors, it's been a while since they've yeah. done it. So they don't necessarily have as much empathy or sympathy for someone who, you know, they're like, well, if you have to sit down for six hours, you have to sit down for six yeah. hours. You know, if I need you, I'm going to call you. And if not, then that sucks. But it's your job, you know. So, and that's very much how I look at acting. You know, it's a job. You do it well, but you have fun yes, doing yeah. it, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the experience Marie Antoinette was phenomenal. It was really, really sad, you know, to hear, especially because you had some great actors and actresses in that show. Um, you know, Gina Haylock played, uh, playing Marie. Um, she really embodied Marie. I mean, she was there because it's, the show is Marie Antoinette. Yeah. And it is, she, like, Marie does not, I'm just going to call her Gina. Gina would not leave the stage at all. You don't, the entire play, she doesn't leave the stage. So we have to get creative with how she could get off stage in order to make a costume change or something. And they had some really cool things set up. And, um, you know, I, oh, man, what's her, uh. Whatever I can't necessarily remember her name, but it sucks because she's awesome. But the the costume designer for Marie Antoinette, um, she is phenomenal. She did a lot of great work. I mean, the whole costume department at FSU is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but they really, we ha- it was a show where you really had to get creative. David Ajmi, um, he's a great he's a great um, writer. And he writes in a very conversational way. So there was a lot of interrupting. There was a lot of cutoffs, you know, stuff like that. It was a lot of overlapping. Um, And, you know, like I said, Gina would not leave stage at all. I had the pleasure of going on and off. And I'd be off for like 30 minutes, you know, maybe 40 minutes. Then I'd go back on and I'd do my thing. Um, But, I mean, not only Gina, because I'm talking about actors and actresses who are phenomenal. But, you know, the top two that really pop out are Gina because she did so much work and she did a great job of doing it. It really, she was very open to, you know, Fairson and Marie, they have like a love, like they have a thing going on between them. So it felt very open and we felt supported and it wasn't like I felt uncomfortable doing, obviously you have to establish boundaries. Yeah. Jason State, Jason State. State, Jason State. He is the, uh, I believe the intimacy yeah. director, if I if I remember correctly. But he came in and, you know, we established the boundaries. We made it very clear where we were comfortable being touched and where we weren't. No, no. It was a, it was a great <laughs> fit. Yeah, oh yeah. It was basically like no. Just like imagine we just go straight, just like no 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 no. Um it was a lot of there was a lot of physical work involved with the show too, but I mean Gina was awesome, but also Cameron Schmidt. Cameron Schmidt, man, he's a he's a freshman. Uh, he's now a sophomore acting major, but he was a freshman at the time when we did this. And you know, being a freshman and cast in a main stage, is he usually a singer. And, I'm just curious. Yeah, Cameron. Okay. No, he's act no solely an act. Well, I mean, it's from what I know, he's solely an acting major. I just hung out with him a couple of days ago, but uh, he, I mean, just being a freshman and seeing his work yeah. ethic and. You know, it was it was inspiring to see. And also, the main reason it was inspiring was that he was a freshman who was humble when they got the part. 
he did not let it get to his head whatsoever. And he was so supportive and so kind to everyone else. He, the first thing, like, if you try to compliment him, he'd be like, no, no, no. But what you did, what you did was so, what you did was yeah. so good. Yeah. You know? I think that's a, that's very important. You said that humble, being humble, especially as an actor, because you, you have this, you do have to have this kind of like, yes, I, I got this, you know, I'm here. You know, you have that, that confidence, maybe a little ego. Everyone has a little ego, yeah. but then you also have to be, you know, humble. You have to be nice and people want to, will want to work with you, yeah. you know? So finding mm -hmm. that balance, I think is good. As a freshman, that's, that's pretty, that's impressive. Yeah. That's good. I was thoroughly impressed because it's like, you know, I had to kind of, I, I mean, I, obviously it's nice to see a progression, but you know, I worked my way up at first. I was just an understudy for a one act. And then I was Merriman in Importance of Being Earnest slash the understudy for mm -hmm. Algernon. Um, and then Marie, I was just Fearson. So it's like slowly building up. There's not that there's anything wrong with being an understudy. And that's one of the biggest lessons that I learned was being an understudy is actually good. It's, it's such an important yeah. job. You are, you're acting as an insurance yeah. plan. And you need good insurance when it comes to stage thing, stage productions. Because like, if you are completely dependent on one actor to do, and I get it, if that specific actor, they fit the director's vision. So if you are cast as an understudy immediately, you have this, you know, not like a cloud go over your head or anything, but it's kind of like, a, oh, maybe I wasn't good enough. They didn't see me like that. You know, I just, whatever. But at least for me, my experience being an understudy, it's obviously if a director does it right. There's a way to do it. Sometimes as an understudy, you can feel disrespected in some regards, but it's such an important job. And it, like I said, everyone, like you said before, you know, you have this need to be the best. You have to be the best. If you're not the best, then you're not good enough, but everyone has to do their part and you need to be okay with doing the part that you're given because unfortunately not everyone is going to be given the spotlight and that was something you know, I got checked in high school because, you know, I was originally, my freshman year, I was a wrestler. Oh, yeah? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't fucking... <laughs> right, let's yeah. wrestle right now. Yeah, yeah, let's do some grappling, yeah. man. <laughs> I'll be referee. Uh, <laughs> no, but I'm not, I'm not going to stand here and say, like, I was a wrestler and I was really good at it. I was, I was on JV. I did it for one yeah. season. I, great, I learned some valuable lessons, but I was definitely kind of the softy on the team, you know. It wasn't that I was, like, bad yeah, at wrestling, yeah, yeah, yeah. but... I also, I prioritize my academics before practice. Yeah. So I went to tutoring and it's like, I remember my coach would get pissed at me because I'd walk in 30, 45 minutes late to practice. But I've had to tell him, it's like, I need tutoring for yeah. math because I want an A in the class and I'm going to get an A in the class because I just got a C on a test and I wasn't okay yeah. with that. Um, so whatever, but you know, Pussy. I was originally a wrestler. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like okay, um, and all, yeah. Anyway, I just, I also just didn't. Whatever. So I transitioned. I was, you know, I was a wrestler, and then I something happened to my elbow. So it was a great excuse, a little scapegoat for me. I was like, mm. okay, well, I'm not going to do yeah, this anymore. Yeah, yeah. My dad was also totally. Okay. He was like, okay, you're done. You're done. Cool. <laughs> um, and I did enough. the. <laughs> I did the spring musical, which is the Adams yeah. Family at Palm Harbor University High School, um, in Palm Harbor, Florida. Uh, and that was that was a great time you know i didn't i mean it never mind i take that back it wasn't a great time it was actually kind of a terrible time because i was a wrestler so none of the wrestlers liked me because i went in mm -hmm. theater but i was also oh. a douchebag slash jock uh, yeah, who yeah, none of the yeah, theater kids liked it was, it was like, like an adam ray a comedian adam ray who who uh 
definitely likes he likes sports and all that shit. But he was like, I decided to stop playing football, do musical theater because I wanted to get on stage and do entertainment. He's a comedian, mm-hmm. um, and I've actually been to one of his live uh, performances in DC because he he does like he does improvisational like like stand up where he's got a person playing the piano and he just kind of narrates. It's, it's a lot of crowd work. It's really awesome. And he, I think he narrates. <laughs> and he's like, your name is Bethany. All right, Bethany. Why do you look like such a bitch? Like, <laughs> and it's good stuff. So I understand the in between both worlds mentality. It's uh, you're no one's friend, it's, <laughs> dude. It, yeah, and it was definitely a difficult transition. And I got not not like a lot of people were like, yeah, go do it. You know, it was just like I was. It was basically just me. I mean, obviously my family. They weren't like eh. they were the main reason that I had to do. Main reason that my father my brother really wanted me to do a sport was because we're like if you don't do a sport if you don't get involved with something then you're just not gonna really try that hard in school which i understand and that did kind of happen because i had phenomenal grades when i was wrestling but i was also depressed Yeah, you 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 so i didn't really like that and when i say depressed i'm being genuine i'm not saying i was sad for a day i know what depression Mm -hmm. is and runs in my family um but uh you know it I, that was my first introduction to theater, but the re- reason I bring this up is like I checked in high school as far as my ego is concerned is because right after that, um, my sophomore year, I was cast in, uh, I was cast as a lead in one play and the play after that I was cast as a lead again and, you know, come, uh, it was Cinderella. I went into it with such a big head. I was like, oh, there is no way that I'm not getting this part, this part. I mean, come on, really? Yeah. It's, you know, and it was just... But also Cinderella was such a great experience because I wasn't cast as a lead. It was cast in dance ensemble. And the re- it was such a humbling experience for me because dance ensemble, they kind of do – they had to start work immediately. Yeah. We started rehearsals before leads did anything because we were in every dance number. We were in every musical number. We had to know everything. We had to be – we also utilized as different part like all these named characters that you know they have like a one or they have a – two lines here and there or sometimes unnamed characters you have some like a knight or someone that comes on stage and says something and runs off we were utilized as those people so you know the it was not only did it take more work than i was expecting but i had such a good time just being a part of something that i didn't feel like i was i wasn't on a pedestal and the people around me that i was working with were not only great people but also people that loved what they were doing so I mean, I had, and not that they were bad actors or actresses, because I think that there was a lot of talent, especially at that school. Um, but I got checked. Like, it was just like, dude. It's like, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Really? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really? Like, you are in high school and you are expecting roles. And, and that's number one biggest lesson. I never go into anything expecting anything. Mm, Zero expectations. Yeah. I just go in, do my best, because that's all you can do. And then I walk out, and you have to be okay. If the, if the director says, um, the director says yes, you fit my yeah. vision, then you got yeah. it. And but if you don't have a certain look, it doesn't sometimes even come down to like people will walk out and they'll be like, I, I bombed it, it was terrible. Sometimes you'll get cast mm. because you look a certain yeah. way. Okay, you know I'm not saying it's, that. That's right here. Look a certain way. But no line, man. No joke. It really does. Um, I don't know why I thought of Harold and Kumar when like the lady in the plane like thinks that Harold is like the terrorist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um but yeah, I mean when it so I'm not saying that I because obviously, as you said, everyone has mm-hmm. ego, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying that I don't have one because I do. 
not that it's big, hopefully, but it's just, you know, it's something that that was like a really big lesson that I learned. And like, as far as just getting the part that you have, being okay with it and doing the job. Because yeah. either way, people are dependent on you to do your job. And just because you feel like you weren't appreciated enough or you weren't given what you expected or what you felt you deserved doesn't mean, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's like everyone has their reasons, but I really, you know, anyway, I'm standing, I'm getting off of myself. No, no, you're good. You're good. I will say for the sake of time, uh, I I do want to wrap this up a little bit. So two things. Um, where can people find you if if you were to kind of like you know plug yourself out there and be like because you you said earlier you wanted to do your own podcast yeah you know? so yeah yeah so um you can find me kind of nowhere I'm not gonna lie um <laughs> I'm completely off of, I mean my they still exist the accounts yeah. do but I'm completely off of Facebook I'm completely off of Instagram uh, TikTok was never mm-hmm. a thing. Uh, you know, whatever. So the only thing that I really use is Snapchat, and obviously that's more yeah. private. Um, the only thing I mean, the only thing that I can say as far as finding yeah. me, you know, whatever that, um, it's I'm planning on starting a podcast that's called The Only Constant, um, which just implies change. Change is the only constant in our lives, no matter how you look at it. But um, at least in my perspective. But um, you know, I just I plan on kind of getting out there and. You know, I guess just look out for my yeah. name, Caleb Winstrup, around the theater community at FSU, and you know, yeah, maybe beyond that too. You know, in the future, someone listens to this podcast episode as we start to get bigger, and they be like, "Wait a minute, the fucking stars align! I know this guy from this." You know, <laughs> um, yeah, that, cool. that would be very cool. Uh, the second follow-up question is: What I'm going to start trying to do this more often when we have guests because I just want to know mm-hmm. what is what is the most what is the best joke you've ever heard recently or in the past. The best like, joke. Well, so it doesn't have to be like the the best, but like something you put in like the top category, you know, like top ten, top five, just something you go. That joke is fucking awesome. Honestly, I'm gonna say pass on that one oh, because fuck. as far as well, because as far as as far as Joey, dude, because oh, me personally, I'm someone who heavily relies on sarcasm and situational right, humor, right. so I'm never like fine, fine. I, I'll, I say never, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, let's see if we can get something top. Favorite comedian, just name one. Go. Oh man, this is oh man, that's a good question, dude. I love comedians. I mean, obviously Joe Rogan is hilarious, but uh, wow, dude, this is tough. Um, one we never heard before. That'd be great, you know. I, I, that'd be nice actually to hear one we never heard before. I like the search up after the podcast, but John Mulaney's great. Yeah. Um. I just listened to I'm talking about Bill Burr. He's also yeah. great. Um, I don't know. It just I like. I think just in general, I think comedians are just very yeah. important. So I don't really, you know, as far as comedians are concerned, I think that they're such an integral part of society. Yeah. You know, they say the things that people are afraid to yeah. talk about. In a lot of ways, it lets people calm down because it's like, okay, we talked about it. Someone yeah. else yeah. thinks yeah. this way. <sighs> okay, well, wow, you know, so. I'm just going to stick with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that commentary. That was great. Um, thank you for joining us today. Uh, this was episode 14. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We're going to try to kind of have guests more often uh, within a timely time frame. Uh, I, I kind of envision at least maybe like two, like a guest every five episodes. I think, I think it's a good kind of structure because yeah. like, uh, 
you know, it takes a little bit. I want to make sure I get used to the format of just, you know, editing the audio with the guests. And I've tried something new today. So once you've got a good rhythm working, you keep to it, right? Um, but we really enjoyed having you today. It was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. This is really great. I enjoyed it. I, dude, thanks for having me. This is a this, great this, talk. This is I another, this is another one of like my top tier like episodes alongside with Mo. It's when we have the guests. It's just yeah. like, it's just like yeah. they escalate. They just skyrocket. This is like amazing. Um, but yeah. Next one's going to be terrible now. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be shit. We're out of here. All right, bye. <laughs>